This is episode 107 of the Inner Fight Podcast with Vinny Santana. Welcome to the Inner Fight Podcast. My name's Marcus Smith, innerfight.com founder, and in every episode of the podcast, we will bring you practical and thought-provoking ideas and theories that will enable you to take your performance to the highest level and get the very best out of your life. No matter where you are in the world, thanks for listening to the show. Let's jump right in. Hey folks, I'm happy to be joined on the line today by a triathlon athlete and coach extraordinaire. Direct from ironguides.net if you want to check him out. I've got on the line with me Vinny Santana, a 30-year-old who has an Ironman triathlon of 8 hours 50 minutes. I'm absolutely thrilled to have Vinny on the line all the way from Bangkok. Vinny, how are you? Thank you, Marcus. It's great to be here to have a chat with you and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Let's jump straight in, Vinny. Tell us how you got involved in triathlon and, and how your career has been going so far. Well, I've always been very active as a, as a kid. And um, as a teenager, I started to do some mountain biking right. uh, and always, you know, done some swimming to get fitter. And when you see, you know, triathlon, it's, it's the next step. Uh, so that's what I've done for, for the last 15 years or so. Uh, it, it peaked in 2007 when I raced um, Ironman Hawaii, which is the world championships uh, for the Ironman distance event. And also I was racing for this professional triathlon team called Team TBB. I had teammates that now were Olympic champions and Ironman world champions as Nicholas Spierig and Chris Wellington. Wow. Uh, and I stopped racing, actually it was straight after Hawaii for a combination of reasons. The main one was related to my health. I've had, I've had diabetes type 1 now for um, 14 years. Wow. And, and I knew that, that level of endurance sports is not really healthy if you have a serious metabolic condition like diabetes. Right. Um, so since then, I've been, I've been mostly focused on, on, on coaching, actually coaching full-time. Uh, I still do a race here and there, mostly to try things related to equipment and nutrition that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah. But now I'm 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 based in Bangkok, but I'm originally from Brazil. So I, I run a triathlon club here, and I also do a lot of work online. We sell you know training plans, and I do online coaching, that kind of stuff. So let's let let's have a look at this because this is one of the biggest questions that that I get asked, and I think that triathletes are asking each other, how much of this sport are we putting down to nutrition? It's it's a big it's a big part of of it, really. Especially you know, the longer the race, more important it is. Uh, doesn't really matter how fit you are, how fast you are, if you don't feel yourself properly. Uh, you won't be able to, you, you won't be able to sustain that you know that effort that pace until the end of the race, especially on on, on the long course events. Yeah. Uh, but what you know the most important thing really is for especially like for people listening to this podcast is is re, is related to health and and weight in body composition. Um, at the at the one percent, you know the the world class athletes nutrition it is important, but. Training has a, a training, even like you know, like the mindset and, and confidence, those, those things, strategy, 
there are like details that they can make a big difference. As in, Absolutely. I'm going to win, I'm going to lose. Uh, but for most age groupers, which is most of the athletes that I, that I work with, uh, nutrition has a bigger role since, you know, like if you're a triathlete or if you're running ultra marathons or, or run, open runs only, uh, the leaner you are, the, the, the lighter you are, it's going to make you go faster. So that's when, you know, nutrition come, comes, has a big play. Plus, these guys, they're in the office as well. So th- there's only so much training you can do. Yeah. So you start to look into options outside of training time. And nutrition is going to be, you know, the next next in- next to training. You posted an article on, on, on your site, on iGuides.net, that, that I got hold of actually from, from October last year where you've kind of introduced and, and talked about this concept of low-carb, high-fat diet to fuel performance. What, what is that? Can you explain what really we mean by that? Well, the, the low-carb, it may come a lot more familiar to people as the Atkins diet. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's mostly, the, the, my best definition, it's anything that has any, any way of eating, that you limit your carb, um, you restrict your carb intake to less than 20% of your caloric intake per day, which, which for like someone active doing, you know, one hour or maybe a little bit more of training per day comes down to about 150 grams of carbohydrate for a man and, and roughly 100 for, for women. Right. Uh, of course, that there are ranges, you know, they're ex- extreme as the, the ketogenic diet, which uh, you'd be looking somewhere below 50 grams of carbohydrates per day. Yeah. Um, and but for most people, unless you know there's like a, a metabolic syndrome, like insulin resistance or or anything like that, um, up to 150 grams is, is still considered low carb, and you get you get most of the benefits, and you still have a pretty flexible. Um, you know, eating choices and lifestyle, unlike the ketogenic diet, which is a little bit more extreme, but also yeah. offer uh, bigger benefits to special people, mostly health related. Yeah. Uh, for endurance athletes as well. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about it. I mean, this is this is in in straight to the point. This is totally opposite from how we've seen endurance athletes fuel their bodies before. We've spoken about carb uploading, carb backloading, carb superloading in the, in the sort of 24 hours, 48 hours before a race. Now, what we're saying here is we're restricting that to 150 grams. So all of that past the night, the night before a race is totally out the window in this case. That's correct, and and 150 is the high range, to be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 can do really well on on less than that. So uh, so, so how do, how does it really how does it work then? I mean, people are thinking, okay, these guys are crazy. They're talking no pasta, no potatoes, none of that. Less than 150 grams. So how does it work? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the the theory is that insulin it's a fat storing hormone, right? So yeah. the the more you release insulin, and actually myself, I have to take insulin using a syringe so to me it's pretty easy to to see you know like uh, the more I take insulin uh more weight i put on more fat i put on for sure and so so if you want to really you know like get leaner lose weight and and be able to to perform faster uh you want to first thing get like stop eating the carbs so that's the first concept as in a weight loss um option uh, then if can, can I just jump in there? You want to lose weight, 
go faster, stop eating carbs, people. You heard it directly from Vinny's mouth. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that, would be, that would be for, I would say, at least 80% of, of, wow. the, of the population, really. Wow. Yeah, there, there are some, some lucky 20%. They are not um, insulin-resistant. Yeah. You know, we all know, you know, like you, you may have a friend or for like a training partner, they can eat whatever. Yeah. They're still as lean as, you know, as, as a bond. Yeah. Um, so for these people, they're fine with carbs because, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not um, affecting the performance, the body weight, and, and most likely they health. It may be. So you, you, you can actually do some blood work to test that part. But uh, when it comes to, to weight, that's, you know, these guys, they can get away with it, which is not most of the world population. So, you know, that's why this advice, uh, it, it helps most people unless you're like, you know, a very, very world class um, athlete that you're not carb um, intolerant. Right. And on, on, on the performance side, because I've explained briefly, you know, physiologically, uh, weight gain and all that. On the performance side, the, the best analogy that I, that I like to, um, to tell people so they can visualize the benefits is that even the leanest athlete, you still carry at least 40,000 calories on you. While with glycogen, with the sugars, uh, it's roughly 2,000. Right. So if you're doing an endurance event, one way to, to visualize the analogy is that, you know, you picture like you're driving a truck, uh, a fuel truck with like, you know, tons of thousands of liters yeah. uh, behind you and you run out of gas, but you cannot access that fuel that you're carrying. <laughs> uh, so that's not much different that, you know, like uh, an athlete who is not fat adapted. So he's, you know, you, you picture like a triathlon or a marathon and you bonk when you're carrying thousands of calories on you, but you just not, you cannot access that, that view. So um, the, the low carb, high fat, it allows you to have access to all that energy. So the, this is, you know, like one, one easy way for people to understand, you know, like the difference and, and all the opportunity that it brings them. So, we, we, we have low carbs, so we've got rid of all the stuff that we, we, we knew about. We're under 150 grams. So the next question that really comes from people is, what are we actually using to fuel the body? And we, we speak about fats. And, I mean, if you look at, with no disrespect to the Americans, the American diet, you know, it's all about low fat, no fat, this, that, and the other. And we've spun this thing around, and we're saying high fat. So what does that actually mean, and how should people be getting involved in it? Well, if like, I would say real, real food, really, you know, like, uh, there's, there's this, I, I don't really like, like the word, but paleo diet, it's, uh, it's a very common term. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to be honest, you know, it's doing, it's doing people like really well because it's, uh, although it's a little bit too commercial, but yeah. if you, if you look up to it, you're gonna, it's, it's a good starting point. Uh, when it comes to book, I've known personally, Professor Tim Noakes, he's a head of, uh, he's a sports scientist ahead of the Cape Town Medical School. Yeah. And so he's just written a book now. It's called The Real Meal Revolution. If you cannot download that, which I'm not sure. I, I got, I got the, the hardcover. Right. Uh, the second book that I would suggest is called uh, The New Atkins for the New You by Steve Finney and Jeff Follick. It's one of those, you know, okay, this is the theory, this is the concept, and this is what you can eat or you cannot eat. Uh, but it really comes down to you know real stuff. So a lot of a lot of meat, um, all cuts really. You know you don't take the fat away, and yeah. 
And fruit, you want to limit that. So mostly avocados or some berries. Um, vegetables, most of them you can still get away with it. Some others you have to, to limit or, or to take away. Uh, and, and really comes down to the amount of exercise that you're doing and also, you know, if you were trying to lose weight or if you're happy with what you got, uh, timing of the carbs is too important to you. So you want to try to to get a little bit more straight after your training. Uh, you don't need as much insulin to to refill your, your muscle glycogen after training. Um, yeah, but it's, and, and, you know, and that's just, something that, that people generally, after, after they train, feed up on sugar, on stuff like, I mean, energy drinks, be it Gatorade, Powerade, or whatever is your favorite out there. It's something that we're putting straight into our body often after training. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the problem is like, it's a big industry, right? So there's a lot of money and what happens like Gatorade and, well, I, I don't think it should be even be mentioning names here. But, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but the, it, it's a big industry, you know, all the bars, energy bars. So they are willing to support, you know, always studies that's gonna you know make them look good let's put it way yeah. uh and there's not a lot of like um financial support for uh for the low carb high fat diet absolutely yeah. uh, but but the, the evidences are too strong and and you know how this is spread is like it works for you know it works for you and you tell your athletes and your athletes tell their friends so it's it, this is how it's it's happening um it's Slowly, some of the governments are changing the guidelines. Sweden was the first one. Right. Actually, Brazil was what had just re- released the new nutrition guidelines recently. So that was a nice, nice news because they're yeah. they're really staying away from you know the starchy stuff. Uh, so very soon, I believe you know it's a lot of people are going to know about it. Is it still is it still like too far to become you know popular? Carbohydrates is part of like the culture for some people. And, and, and there's like years and decades of and a lot of money of studies behind it. So it's going to take a while until people can really understand uh, that you can do really, really well and be healthier if you limit your carbohydrates um, by a lot, actually. Yeah. So what would you – let's take, for example, uh, a normal sort of guy, if there is such a thing at, at the moment out there. He's going to run 10K. He, he's done a little bit of training, and, and normally our, our mindset would be the night before the 10K run, as much pasta as possible, really get the carb loads up. Maybe some, I mean, 10K is a little bit of a short distance, but he might have some gels in his pocket, and definitely afterwards he'd have one of those sweeter energy drinks that we've mentioned just before. What, what would be your recipe for such an individual? How would it look the night before, and how would we make sure we have enough energy in the guy for the race? Yeah, it's it's a good uh, it's a good question. To start with 10k, uh, there you you can actually do a test to see how much what's the percentage of fat that it uses fuel rather than um, glycogen. Um, it's the RQ fat. It's it's a bit of like a respiratory quotient. So you can you you this basically track uh, the ratio of carbon dioxide that you produce to oxygen that you consume. Um, so. An untrained athlete, someone who is not fat adapted, he's going to be using a lot more carbohydrate for that 10K. Yeah. While someone who's been training and racing on a low-carb diet, he's going to use a higher percentage of fat to fuel that, that same pace. Uh, but what happens is like the carbo loading, it's not totally 
unnecessary. You do get some benefits out of it because come race day, your body is used to race on fat. So you can still race on a higher percentage of fat plus use the glycogen as well. So it's almost like you have double tank. Wow. You know, so I'm I'm all against using the carbohydrate for all the training. Yeah. Uh, but from my own from from my own racing, from my own training, I'm working with some some high level athletes right now. I'm into the you know train lower, race higher type of approach. Right. You know, so you focus on on you focus on health and building that you know becoming fat adapted on your training, and when it comes to racing you add a little bit more carbohydrate, which, you know, 150 grams the day before, it's, if you're not doing a lot of training, you can actually pretty much top up your, or your glycogen reserves in two or three days of 150 grams. So you don't have to go to 700 grams of carbs, which is one of the carbo-loading protocols. You mentioned that a few countries are, are, are converting over to this way and, and promoting sort of this way of health to, to their populations. But how, how come you're so far ahead of, of the game here, Vinny? How, how did you start on it and how did you get involved in this? Yeah, my personal story, um, two years ago, uh, with my, I, well, I've told you I have diabetes type 1 for 14 years now. Um, and two years ago, I was diagnosed with um, diabetic retinopathy, right. which is an eye problem. And it can actually lead to blindness. Wow. So, yeah, so that's exactly my response. I'm like, okay, you know, things are a little bit different now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it almost like life stopped right there. That's so, right. like, you know, I have to do something about this. It, it would eventually, you know, take a long time, maybe like 10, 20 years, but still... It's still pretty intense news. Yeah. Uh, and, and come, you know, like someone who's always been very active, professional athlete, I like to travel, and, and I just could not picture myself without my, my vision. Yeah, right. Um, so I started to find, like, you know, like uh, uh, another way, like how can I, you know, save my vision and, and stay away from all the other um, complications of diabetes, which was just a series. Yeah. And I came across this book of, um, of a diabetic doctor, and he said the only way to stay away from complications is to hold normal blood sugar levels. And for someone with diabetes, you have to limit carb carbohydrate intake. And I've tried my my levels went from roughly uh, 30-40% higher than, than a healthy normal range to about 10% higher in seven weeks. Wow. So, yeah, so that was like, that was huge. And I'm like, okay, so this is it. You know, I found, I found a way out. Um, basically, that's the, I was limiting my, my carbohydrate intake to about 30 grams per day. Um, and, to, and, you know, we started to do some studies to, to read about it. And so I basically discovered the, the low-carb, high-fat diet. And since I'm, you know, I'm pretty convinced that I'm, I'm on it for, for the rest of my life now, I want to know everything about it. Yeah. And, and then you come across all the benefits, you know, to weight loss or to brain function or, you know, endurance sports. And being a, a triathlon coach, I want to try it myself to see if, it, if it's something that I can prescribe to my athletes, you know, to see if there is a bit of a benefit there. So I got back into some racing just to, you know, to see what's this all about. Yeah. Uh, it can be misleading sometimes. It can sound 
too great. You know, you, you, you read <laughs> testimonials of people. Yeah, you know, I've improved my marathon time is one hour. You know, ketones for fuel is great and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but when, you, when you're going to see behind, you know, that story, it's mostly to weight loss, really. Um, the, the amount of fat that you can burn rather than carbohydrate, it, it helps, but it's not, it's not going to be, you know, get an average athlete and turn them into a world champion. Yeah. Uh, but still, I got back into racing and I, and I did a bunch of races with all types of protocols, you know, like no carbo loading, a little bit of carbo loading. And like I went all out before race. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and trying to, you know, to have like some more carbs during the race and testing for electrolytes. So, yeah. So every race that I did, I was trying something new. Then that's it. That's I mean. You've obviously done a lot of work in, 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 in triathlon and you continue to do a lot of work in triathlon and, and to getting people to perform optimally. But one of the things that, that should really hit home for people there is, you know, could, could sugar really be making you blind, which is essentially what you were saying. And then all of these other people that are, are kind of on this fat loss, a constant fat loss battle, this yes. is really a way that can, you know, so it's, we're not only talking about performance athletes here, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, for, for most of the athletes, really, they're, they're just like struggling to maintain a decent weight. Yeah. And, and they would go faster regardless of the, of the sport unless, you know, they're doing powerlifting or something like that. Uh, so, so they would perform better and they would be healthier and be leaner as well on a, on a low-carb diet. So it's, it's something that, again, you know, it's not for everyone first there's some people that they can handle carbs well so yeah. that's fine yeah. and depending on your level if you're like the one percent you know really like in the olympics type of stuff uh depending on the event that you do then you may be better with with more carbs you know if you're like uh, swimming or sprinting is like running uh, but for the you know 99 of the people out there who their life doesn't depend on it you know, it could be a good trade-off to, you know, to give out some of the carbs, you know, to, to, to get the health benefits, really. Yeah, you know, especially thinking long-term and, and also the other benefits that comes with it. Talking about the, the, the benefits, give us, a little bit of a, give us a little bit of a carrot, dangle a carrot for, for, for the listeners. Give us some evidence of, of some real gains that you've seen in people, both maybe your athletes and, and obviously in, in your case, it's, it's helped huge, but what's the real tangible evidence that, that we've got and, and maybe some increases in performance that you've seen in athletes when they've adopted this diet? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Well, my, my experience, you know about it, uh, my eye problem has partially reversed now um, you know, so it's my opinion, it's very, very biased because it, it literally saved my life. Uh, and then I started to test, you know, the more I learned about it, I, I, I was like, OK, why is not everyone on it? So you, you literally you feel like you should be telling everyone about this, but you have to be careful. So at first I got my my family and friends on it. You know, family special because, you know, they, they shared, they, they shared the, the same DNA. So uh, so my dad lost uh, 40 pounds on it. Wow. Yeah. And, um, a friend of mine, a business partner of mine, he also lost 10% of his body weight in, in three or four months. Of course, there's no part of it. It's, it's water loss, uh, which still brings you some benefit. You know, you have like a low blood pressure since you don't hold as much water in, in your, in your body. And, um, also the, the, the professor that I told you about, um, Tim Noakes in South Africa, he's doing 
extensive studies with, you know, they, they love the otters over there in, in South Africa. Yeah. They have comrades. Yeah, comrades, yeah. Ocean to ocean, which was actually just yesterday, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so he's doing a lot of testing with his guys there. And myself, I'm coaching two very high-performance athletes in Brazil. Right. Uh, one of them, he's an Ironman World Champion age grouper. He went 850 as well, but in Hawaii, he won the 30-34 age group there wow. uh, I think three or four years ago and another athlete he's more like you know everyday type of Ironman athlete and and these guys they're they're just flying you know they're like improving especially the, the age grouper guy yeah. you know they're just like getting faster and getting leaner and you know you don't feel hungry anymore and it's 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 really really cool that's one of the that, that that's one of the things as well obviously we, we've spoken a lot about performance and stuff and and also weight loss but i think there's there's a big percentage of the population that are probably not just feeling as good as they could be feeling when they're waking up in the morning they're because they're they're just feeling so heavy and so bloated all the time and i, I think you know that is a huge percentage of the population and and from what from what we've seen definitely turning people onto this kind of diet people are just feeling full of energy and 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 a lot more drive and their body just feels so much better yeah, a lot of people, um, including one of the guys that I follow a lot that I read about, uh, Dr. Pete Atia, right. um, you know, brain function, it's probably like the main benefit outside of, you know, like health when it comes to lifestyle. Because uh, what happens is that once you're not a fat adapted person, your yeah. brain functions on glucose and the level of glucose in your blood, it varies widely, you know, during the day, depending on your diet. So it may go to you know, 140, even like 170 milligrams per deciliter, and then crash you 70 straight after. So that's why, you know, sometimes you may get that, you know, like, oh, I'm, I feel like I should take a nap right now, or, you know, especially after you eat. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, if you're on a, especially the very low carb, the ketogenic diet, your, you, your brain also functions on the ketones. So it's, you have no more dips, you have no more crashes. It's always, there is like this steady flow of energy. So you're um, you're always good to go, basically. You're always all out, yeah. So uh, it's like personally, it's been amazing how how much better I've been working recently, you know. And all these guys I told you all about about the business partner that I have, and he yeah. he said like, he is on fire right now. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, so it's you know, and and actually I think that. Um, one of the guys that also do a podcast, I think it was Ben Greenfield. He did yeah. a pod podcast with someone on the U.S. Army. They're trying to get the mental benefits out of um, the ketones without being the ketogenic diet. Just so you know, if you're if you're on a on a jet, if, if you're like a, a pilot from a fighter, a jet pilot, yeah. So you wanna you wanna be on. You cannot yeah. blink. Yeah. You know. So that that's the kind of person that could benefit from yeah. from this as well. If you wanna if you need to hold a high level of attention and focus. Um, so that's a pretty cool benefit, you know. You, you don't really start for it, but... Yeah. You know, it may as well as enjoy it. <laughs> That's true. And you, you mentioned Ben Greenfield there. He, he's actually been on the podcast. And actually, he was out in Dubai before. And he's, he's all over this stuff and, and has a very, very respectable Ironman triathlon time as well, doesn't he? So, and he's done a lot of work, like you said, on this. So, folks, if you're, if you're looking for another source, if, if you're still not convinced by, by Vinny and what we've spoken about today, then hop over to bengreenfieldfitness.com. He has a very, very good podcast. 
podcast and and he's done a lot of stuff around around this kind of diet so he's definitely worth looking up and, and getting some information from Vinny let's just jump straight into some practical advice for people we won't take too much longer how should people get started no matter if I'm a I'm a I'm a pro athlete or a novice athlete wherever I'm at or if I just want to if I just want to lose weight and you know I've bought into all of these benefits that we're speaking about looking better feeling better having better brain health what would you say would be like the one two and three starting point to get involved in in, in this type of diet well, I may disagree with you. Depending on the level of the athlete that you are, you want to be a little bit more careful. Right. Uh, if you if you have like a big competition or or something coming up, uh, and you are like a very high performance athlete, you may want to wait until that big race is over. Don't really change yeah. anything from now on because Still getting like adapted it. It takes takes a lot of time. You know, it ta- it it may take full on three months until you're functioning pretty much normal. Right. Uh, but for, you know, most other people, if you, if you have some weight to lose, or if you, if you don't have any, any big commitment coming up, uh, those two books that I've mentioned, I like them because they're pretty straightforward. You know, this is like, this is the type of food that you can eat or not, because it, it's a lot of them. So I don't want to be boring your listeners on it. Yeah. Uh, so just to repeat, it's the real meal, Real Meal Revolution by Professor Tim Noakes and also The New Atkins for the New You by Steve Feeney and Jeff Follick. Right. Uh, so that's step number two. And then once you start on it, you're going to feel uh, a bit of like a, a drop on performance. It's, you know, you're getting adjusted to it. Yeah, for sure. That first, that first drop lasts about two to six weeks. Yep. And then you kind of come back to a ve- to a decent level. Mm-hmm. Uh, three months later, that's the experience that you know it, it happened with myself with the guys that I coach. You get a second win type of type of um, adjustment. So three months you're pretty much normal, but six two to six weeks you can function uh, pretty well. So that's just you you know give a heads up for, for people so they don't give up after, you know, after like uh, a few days because it, yeah. it, can be, it can be a bit of like a shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the, the, the only advice really, you know, just um, get some reading done on it because you, you want to know exactly uh, the list of things that you can or cannot eat because being, especially if you aim for ketosis, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of fruits can be the difference of being in or out of ketosis absolutely yeah. so you have to be you have to be careful with it i mean that that's one of the things that uh, that i advise a lot of people obviously you know this is it's a big shock to the system and 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 almost when we look at the the glycogen pathway and the sugars that we're taking in we're kind of we're kind of addicts to this stuff and it takes a little bit of time to to wean people off. And I think your your guideline there from from two up to about six to eight weeks, it could take your body to really adjust to fueling your body in in a new way because you've been so used to the glycogen before. That's very correct. I remember when I when I first started on it, I felt I felt horrible. I felt miserable. Yeah. You know, I could <laughs> I, I I just I could not go up like uh, the steps of the local. Uh, subway station here. Right. It was it was that bad. But I was looking to the numbers of my of my blood glucose levels, and I'm like, like I don't care. You know, I have to I have to stick to it because I've I've never seen numbers so good in my life before. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if I if I cannot even train again anymore. I remember I had to go riding with my athletes uh, while they're running because I could not keep up. 
you know, like I, I was, I, it, it got me that weak. Yeah. At first, I was like, okay, if, if it wasn't because of the diabetes, I would have dropped this straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my situation is a little bit different. You know, as I told you, like I had a big health issue. So I was like, okay, I don't care. You know, this is, this is good for me. It's going to make me healthy. And if it, so I'm probably like the only person that it's going to be over many, many years on it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I have that extra big motivation to stay on it. All, most of these guys, including Ben or, you know, Peter, they eventually, they go back to a much more moderate approach, yeah. uh, which, you know, it's fine as well because they've already fat adapted and all that. Uh, but yeah, so just don't give up. Really, I, I would say committed to at least three months. Yeah. Um, and see and see how that goes. And feel free to drop me an email or send me a message if you uh, if you have any questions. That's just as you said, go to my website ironguys.net. Uh, my contact information is over there somewhere. Amazing. But yeah, amazing, Vinny. Really, that's uh, I think that's a, a great insight, and especially with some of the the evidence there and, and your own personal story. I think a lot of people will be definitely thinking about moving to this way of fueling their body. To, to make it work better no, no matter what they're doing, no matter if they're really trying, trying to get some performance goals or, or just to lose weight and, and, and have better health, really. So thank you so much for, for coming on, on the podcast, Vinny. And, and for sure, if I am in Bangkok, which maybe I will be soon, we'll, we'll have to catch up and, and definitely not have any rice but have a lot of fat. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll make you my my super um, fat shake here that I like to have um, after my training. So you're going to enjoy it. I'd look forward to it. Folks, you can find Vinny over at ironguides.net. And as he said, feel free to connect with him. And if there is anything unclear or leave the comments just down in the show notes and we'll get some answers back to you. You can also track Vinny over on Twitter at Vinny underscore Santana. Vinny, thanks a lot for coming on the call today and hopefully we'll stay in touch and, and get you back in the future. Thank you, Mark. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the Inner Fight Podcast, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it. And thanks also to Vinny for sharing his expertise with us. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, questions that you want to ask me or Vinny, then leave them in the comments section of this post. Innerfight.com slash podcast 107 is where you'll find all of that. And please just take a moment to hop over to iTunes and rate our podcast. Until next time, folks, take care.